game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Here's a steal by Costa in the neutral zone. Rich shot, score! It is Clean Costin's first career NHL playoff goal, and it is a game winner. 2.20 into the third period, gave the Oilers a 3-2 lead over the LA Kings. The Oilers win game two, 4-2. The series is tied 1-1. Thanks a lot for joining us along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Another game that saw the Oilers dominate early. Craft out a two-goal lead. Another game that saw the Kings rally. Another game with a lot of tension, but this time, Rob, the Oilers figure it out, and they get the goal from Clem Costin. Mid-range wrist shot, the kind of shot that Jonas Corposalo has been eating up for, well, the whole series, except for that one. It was a good shot. By the time Costin got the puck off, he was almost to the, to the circle. Uh, the face-off dot, and it was the perfect shot. It was far side, just above the uh, the pad, just below the blocker, and it was an absolute bomb. Costin shoots hard. He's got a heavy shot. We've seen that a few times. Uh, Corpusalo was fantastic in this hockey, and I'm sure would love to have that one back, but an important play by Costin. And again, uh, Janmark loss and not having him in the lineup, uh, it hurts because he's an effective player, but the others can get mismatches. The others are going head-to-head, Leon versus Kopitar. They're going head-to-head, Connor versus Dano. And both Kopitar and Dano have been fantastic in this series against the top two lines. But when Yanmark's not in, that means you get to double shift one of your top players. Leon double shifted a number of times with Ryan and Costin, and they scored two goals. Leon was out there against the LA Kings fourth line, and they were out there against Dersey and whoever else was in the third pairing at that moment. Dersey was minus three. The fourth line for the LA Kings was minus two. That was because there was a mismatch, and they have had very few of those in this series, but tonight they got a couple, and Leon and his fourth line line mates made them pay. Yeah, Leon Dreisaitl was on the ice for every goal in this game as uh, as the Oilers get the win, and you just referenced it with, with Bob. I mean, Connor McDavid has one point in this series. He played 21-27. Ryan plays 947 tonight. Costin, who we were just talking about, plays 742. He gets a goal that turns out to be the, the game winner. The Bukestad, I thought, had an, yep. had an excellent game. So we are seeing the Oilers' depth make a difference because, A, they got a couple of big goals tonight, and, B, they're doing things like winning faceoffs, killing penalties, and forecheck. Well, it's funny. Bukestad's been going head-to-head a lot in this series against Lazat, who's... Bukestad has about a, an, an eight-inch height advantage over, and one of the things that the Oilers wanted, they wanted to get bigger in their depth players, and Bukestad's coming in, and he's not a monster out there with his physicality, but when he leans on a Lazat, uh, he has a big advantage. Bukestad, huge face-off on the five-on-three, was able to tie Kopitar up long enough that they were able to kill the five-on-three part off, so the uh, LA Kings ain't, weren't able to set up. Uh, solid minutes, big face-offs when they needed them from Bukestad, when it ever goes to his side, he being the right-handed face-off guy. Um, it was a good game. I, 
the LA Kings I, I are going to have a hard time winning this series with, with the starts they've had uh, because they have to chase every game. And I know they're a much better offensive team than they have been in the past, but you're asking your team to come from two down every night. It's, you're eventually going to run out of runway to do that. And the, other, the Oilers are coming out playing well and, and pushing the pace, and the LA Kings are just sitting back. LA doesn't seem to really put anything going offensively until they fall behind. will be interesting to see if, if the LA Kings are a little more aggressive on home ice because in the first two periods, or excuse me, in the first period of both the last two games, an LA King team that would be deadly to play against if they got the lead, they haven't been close to getting a lead thus far through two hockey games. Well, and that's what's encouraging. And the Oilers, and it's been a theme, not just earlier this year, but at times for several years that the Oilers haven't started games well. You can't complain about the first period in either game. <laughs> and that first period tonight, I, I would say that'd be, I mean, what are we up to now? 82, 84 games. That would probably be in the top six or seven. They were for, dominant. For a first period. Shots were 11-3. It took LA just over 18 minutes to get a shot on goal. And it would I, they would have had two grade C and a grade D chances. So it wasn't as though the, the three shots they got scared the Oilers at all. It was a dominant performance from top to bottom. And uh, the only thing is the Oilers have yet to do is when they get that two-goal lead is to extend it to three. Because I think three is just way too much for the LA Kings to come back from. Uh, credit Corpusala in net for the LA Kings for the saves he's made but I would have to imagine LA is going to have to be more aggressive on home ice they need a lead if they want to win this series they have to be the team holding on the lead then it's much easier for them to sit back and and, and play a patient game but so far the Edmonton Oilers getting the lead has forced the LA Kings to get out of what they do best uh, you mentioned Bugstad's night outstanding in face-offs he goes 10 out of 13 we're gonna div we'll divide the fourth star three ways tonight since the Oilers got the win fourth star for Jandell Holmes Alberta's premier modular home retailer the three stars cost and dry settled the no Bugstad a, uh, a fourth star Darnell Nurse 26 23 plus three one assist three shots six blocks Matthias Ekholm minus one 2103 two blocks and nine hits so we, we talk about how much Nurse and Ekholm play combined, and sometimes they're on the ice together. They, and they were tonight late in the hockey game. Yeah, but, but, uh, but I mean about, well, 47-26 combined of ice time. Yeah, Nurse has been excellent in this series, and Ekholm has just continued to do what he does, and that's limit the opposition's chances, and he smushed a couple games. And it's like, there was guys that you've seen over the course of well, my career and watching, like Stevens and, and Hatcher and those big physical guys that... Like, they were big blow-up hits. Ekholm isn't a big blow-up hit. He just eliminates. He just comes in. There's nothing dirty. It's all clean. It's not really open ice. He just comes in and eliminates that player. And that player just all of a sudden stops. And uh, Ekholm has been everything they'd hoped for in the playoffs. And this is big boy hockey right now, and Ekholm's playing it. Skinner gets his first career playoff win. He stops 23 out of 25. Obviously, the Velarde goal in the last minute of the second period. Uh, not a great goal to give up, but then he did what he needed to do in the third, stopping all 11 shots he faced. Yeah, and L.A. pushed. Uh, the, 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 they played their best probably in the last six, seven minutes where they uh, were trying to create, and they were stretching the zone, looking for the long passes and, and trying to put pucks in on net, and they had a couple opportunities. Uh, Skinner, uh, when was called upon, swallowed it up, or 
a couple times kicked the rebounds past the LA Kings who were driving the net. So it was a it was a good rebound game for, for Skinner after last game. And then after the two late in the, the second period, we said Skinner's going to have to have a good third period, and he did. That was a big win for him and the team. Down to the Hall of Fame room, here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. I thought played a really good hockey game again today, save for maybe a few minutes there in the second period we'd have liked to have back. But uh, in between periods, we talked about how that's a growth opportunity as uh, for our team and as we move forward here. Um, you know, both games, I thought we controlled the bulk of the play in both games. We had a couple minutes uh, we'd like to have back in both games. But in the end, we found a way to win the game tonight. Leon played a lot of minutes, obviously, with Janmark out of the lineup tonight. Just what a difference maker he was in his 21 minutes yeah. tonight. You know what? I would say that um, that's typical Leon Dreisaitl minutes, first of all. Uh, our players have been conditioned to play those type of minutes, certainly uh, specific people. Um, and I think he's been the best player on the ice through two games in the series by far and uh, he found a way to get things done um, you know in different in different ways and um, you know, it was a big reason we won the game tonight you had very good results when you were 11 and 7 in the regular season and tonight a couple times you had one of your top two centers cycling through with your fourth set of wingers and resulted in goals uh, just a formula that you seem to like to, to have and can, can play around with that way well you call them the fourth line wingers. I wouldn't call them that. Um, I think we have a lot of really good hockey players. I think we've demonstrated over the last year and a half a flexibility in our lineup to go 12 and 6 or 11 and 7. And, um, you know, there are benefits and drawbacks to both alignments. Uh, for us, in the end, we found a way um, to get the two points tonight with the 11 and 7 lineup. Uh, we feel quite comfortable doing it. What have you seen uh, from Stuart Skinner through two, his first two playoff games? Yeah, you know what, I, I don't know if someone in the coach's room told me or I read it somewhere or whatnot, but I think he's the, fir is it the first rookie goaltender in Edmonton to win a, a playoff game since Grand Fear. He said this the other day when he broke Grand Fear's record. Anytime you're mentioning the same sentence with Grand Fear, you're doing something right. Uh, Clem Costin, uh, game one, he looked like he was so jacked to get in that game to get in a playoff game. Today he was more controlled. He was still physical, but it seemed like he was more. It was more of a controlled physical play. Just a thought on his game today, and obviously scoring that huge goal for you. Yeah, he's been a. He's gonna be. He's been a good player through both games. Big physical. Um, he works his butt off on the forecheck and on the track. Um, and that goal, you know, you've seen it all year. He has a very very good shot and he's not afraid to shoot through people. Tonight he did and found, found a spot and, you know, I think um, helped our team settle in. Jay, how would you describe uh, both the kind of the flexibility and help to the team um, when Leon Dreisel is healthy, like he wasn't last year and is able to now play center and drive his own line? Yeah. Um, are you asking about the alignment or about Leon specifically? Just Leon specifically and how that helps you as a coach and as a general. Yeah, yeah well, I, you know what, I think when Leon's fully healthy, I mean, the guy's won a heart trophy. Uh, you know, his play speaks for itself. He is a uh, power forward in today's world, the modern day type of power forward with elite skill. 
And when he plays on the wing, he's dangerous. But when he plays in the middle, he's dangerous as well. And I think when, um, you know, it's a benefit uh, for, for me as a coach to be able to move him around the lineup. But I would also say that, um, you know, I think we demonstrated with other people being moved around. They can play wing, center. They can drive their own lines as well. And, and so for me, um, like I said earlier to Ryan, I, we have a lot of really good hockey players and uh, that's a luxury for our coaching staff and you were asked earlier about Stuart Skinner uh, I wonder how you felt he kind of settled in or, or what you thought of his third period after those two goals late in the second yeah helped us win the game just like last game he gave us a chance to win and um, you know in the end we did so we're walking back into that room we'll we'll enjoy it for a little bit and um, you know and then we'll travel well and get ready for game number three which is sure to be a good one down in LA Jay, on that note, um, keep saying we've been here before, but can you speak to going to L.A. with a split and trying to come back up 3-1? Yeah, well, we have the experience, number one. Um, I can tell you that I'm not worried about what's going to happen uh, four or five days from now. I'm worried about making sure we take care of business with recuperating, resting, and traveling tomorrow. That's where my mind is, so that we can be in the right headspace to play a complete game in, in game number three. That's something that we've um, pounded into our group um, right from day one, is that if you want to get to where you want to get to, you got to take care of the day's business. You don't waste energy or worry about uh, things too far down the road. You've uh, had to kill a lot of penalties in this series for the first couple. Nice to see a couple more power plays your way. But just a thought on Bukestad's work. Uh, went 10-3 and three in the face-off circle, especially on the PK, including on the play made on the 5-on-3. Yeah, I thought the penalty kill was excellent tonight. Um, you know, excellent. Um, and I thought um, our power play did its thing in its one opportunity. Um, you know, we made them pay. And, um, you know, there are things within our control and there are things without or not in our control. And as a coach, I try and model uh, to our players um, taking care of the things within your control. Jay, Janmark did not play. Uh, is he day-to-day -day or is he going to miss this whole, whole series? Yeah, um, you know, we had a maintenance morning this morning and we decided that he wasn't going to play and, and we had the necessary pieces to play 11 and 7 today so we're going to take it day by day so he could play sometime in this series as i said this morning our players level of pain threshold continues to amaze me jay it's maybe it's an odd question you've been up two nothing in both games really controlling the games what, what do you? Is there anything your team can do to get that third goal? You find, like, as a coach, I can't score the goal, obviously, but do you know what I mean? Like, you've had the control, and you get that third one, and so it seems to be a much big difference. Is there? Did any you watch the game tonight? Oh yeah. Yeah. When was their first shot on net? Oh, 18 minutes in. 18 minutes in. Um, did we have numerous chances to try and find that third goal? We did. Their goaltender makes some made a save. I think um, we demonstrated an ability to stick with it, even when the other team found a goal or found a tying equalizer goal. Um, I think we controlled the bulk of the play in both games. There were moments in both games 
that uh, we'd like to have back, that we, we think we can control better certain moments. Um, but what I liked about our team, and I used this word earlier, was the resiliency of our group um, to be able to shake that off and find the third goal in the third period. Would I like to be up 3 nothing? Yeah, I think anybody in hockey would like to be up 3 nothing. but you know, the other team gets a say in things too, and they're a pretty good team. And when you go 11-7, and seven, you're able to use a lot of different combinations. Ryan Koss and Drysaddle really hasn't been one of them during the regular season, but they, they clicked early today, and you kept going with them. Well, and do you have a feel of why certain ones work on a certain night? Yeah, you know what, actually, I think if you would go back to the last um, regular season game in L.A., you would see that that line was used. Um, and I think um, anytime a coach um, puts something together, um, you're watching for how people react to stimulus and you're watching uh, if a certain type of chemistry can develop. Um, as I said earlier, we have a lot of really good hockey players and uh, when you move guys like Dreisaitl or McDavid around the lineup, they typically bring the best out in the people they play with. Uh, just one for me. It yep. takes lots of elements to be a good team. Yep. Win rounds. Uh, what about having a chin? You know, you guys give up a two-goal lead going into the break mm. and come out and win the third period. How important is it to be? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think it's important. Um, you know, uh, I shared with you what we talked about in between that second and third, but essentially it came down to how we're going to use that as a growth moment and get better, and that's all that mattered um, was, was to commit to, um, you know, finding the end result that we wanted. Um, you know, like I said, I thought we played very well in game number one, and uh, we found a way to not win that game, but we're not in the business of moral victories. We're in the business of uh, putting ticks on the board, and right now that board says one tick for L.A., one tick for Edmonton. As I said, we'll enjoy this game uh, for the next 15, 20 minutes. We're going to have a good day tomorrow and be ready for game number three. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Oilers beat the Kings 4-2. The series is tied 1-1. Uh, Jay taking a lot of questions there. and I mean, he did point out how, how long did it take them to get their first shot on goal today. So, again, a, a lot a lot to like about the Oilers game. Well, there's a lot to like about both their games. If you think about it, through 60, how many, what did they go into overtime? 9-19. So in 129 minutes, the Oilers have yet to trail in a hockey game. Uh, they've dominated the shot clock. They've had built up leads in both games. Their power play has been very effective. Their penalty killing, they've only given up the one power play goal against the six on four they don't really call that a power play goal because it was a six on four so the penalty penalty has been good the power play has been good uh, to me it's the LA Kings have gotten fantastic goaltending that has allowed them to hang around but I think after two games there's a lot of things about the Oilers game that you like and having said all that the Oilers were 20 minutes away from possibly being 0-2 in the series. So uh, that's how close these teams are. But going forward, if the Oilers are playing the way that they're playing, eh, the outcomes should find them in, in the proper way. They're, they're playing good hockey. 
they're doing smart things. Stay out of the box. That's the one way that the LA Kings can get back into games, but outside of that, it's really hard to nitpick on a whole lot of the stuff that the Oilers have done because they have been good. Yeah, I mean, probably take a couple fewer penalties. Yep, would that's be nice. about it. I mean, LA 0 for 4 on the power play. And it was, it was late in that second period, that's where it got dicey. Dano scores, and then the Oilers take back-to-back -back penalties and kill it off, but then LA scores They get a little momentum on those, yep. yeah. So that, that's the one thing. And, uh, the, the penalties they've taken, some of them are, they're silly penalties. Ones that they don't need to take. Right, it's one thing you go to hit a guy, the yep. elbow's up, he turns, you get called for boarding. I mean, there's been a couple just there's trips where they just sort of hacked a guy's feet out from under him. Uh, I mean, Leon Nuge, Nuge tackled Dowdy, basically. Yep. Leon off a face-off, he two-handed, Kempe yeah. behind the leg. I mean, those are ones you can get out of your game. Uh, in the course of, uh, of, a, of a hockey play, if you take a penalty, it happens. Uh, and you just don't want to give them the easy power plays where you do something that you shouldn't be doing. That's, I mean, outside of that, the, the Oilers threw, again, even the game they lost, they've done a lot of really good things through the first two games. All right, 4-2, the Oilers win it. So, James H. Brown, injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They fill the net with $100 to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous every time the Oilers score. So it is a $400 donation tonight. If you'd like to give us a call, the hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. We also have more reaction from the Oilers dressing room coming up. Series is tied 1-1. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Kempe gives it back to Kopitar. Adrian Kempe. Cross ice, one-timer save, Skinner. His best of the night. And Arvidsson knows he's got to finish that. That was a great look. All right, that is Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner gets his first ever Stanley Cup playoff victory. Stops 23 pucks as the Oilers beat the Los Angeles Kings 4-2. The series is tied 1-1. Leon Dreisaitl, a goal and two assists tonight. He's been outstanding in this series. Uh, you know, again, McDavid, uh, just the point, but a great pass for over to dry settle for that power play goal in the well, first period. It's funny, I watched the replay of that, and the LA Kings know it's coming. Everyone in the, the rink knows it's coming. And the Kings have all their sticks in the right spot. But two things that happen, Leon reads where the, the sticks are. So he moves himself to a better passing lane. And then Connor McDavid, an absolute bullet, and it had to go through all the sticks. And, and he puts it perfect. If Leon has to stop that, that puck doesn't go in the net. But Connor put it on a, a platter for him, and Leon made absolutely no mistake on that one. Uh, yeah, Connor has not had the breakout game yet. Uh, you got to give credit to uh, Dano and his line mates and what they're doing. But it's been a uh, another I don't know coming out party for Leon Drysdale. He just continues to show he is a playoff type hockey player. The yeah. bigger the game, the better he plays. Uh, he was exceptional in this game. He's got five points in the two games, plus in both games. Uh, Leon Drysdale. I mean. When you got the two best players in the world on your team, if one of them has an average by their standard night, you still got the other guy. And tonight, Leon was the other guy. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. 
Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants coming to check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Mike standing by. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. I was just wondering, uh, have you guys heard anything from the players or through your connections about, like, is something going on with the, the ice conditions at Rogers? Just a lot of blown tires out on the ice. Have you guys been noticing that? You know, that's a good point. Uh, I've seen a few guys fall, like you said. I've also seen a bunch of uh, pucks take weird bounces off the ice. There was a couple times tonight where Bouchard thought he had, well, the one was dry cell. He had him on a breakaway. Nice play. And the puck's been taking off a couple times on the LA Kings first power play where they made passes and it got to the their players stick and it exploded so I haven't heard anything but you're 100% I have noticed that players blowing tires and some passes taking weird bounces before it got to the players I, I haven't heard anything the, the last couple of days the building would be I mean there are still concerts coming through occasionally the, the oil Kings are I mean last year there was you know, you could have four or five games in a week because <laughs> the Oil Kings played mm -hmm. as, as deep as you can, obviously. the That NHLPA players poll that came out a few weeks ago, I believe Rogers Place was, was second, second yeah. after Montreal. And oddly enough, in the old buildings, the Foreman and Northlands, they, they were often in One the top three as well. As well so, yeah. yeah. Did, did you happen to see the, the, the weird goal in the Carolina game today? So Carolina was coming across the blue line and chipped the puck an islander from five feet in the blue line hit the puck out of the air onto his own net it bounced in front of the goalie and the goalie missed it he shot it into his own net from five feet inside his own blue line that gave the carolina hurricanes a two nothing lead carolina would win that game four three in overtime as we update the scoreboard for edmonton trailer looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com the panthers even up the series with boston with a six three win the Stars pound the Wild 7-3, so that series is 1-1. The Oilers farm team losing 3-0 in Abbotsford. That's game one of a best of three. In Red Deer, the Rebels do not sweep the Blades. 4-2, Saskatoon wins it, so they're going back to Saskatoon for game five. And, of course, here at Rogers Place, Edmonton 4, Los Angeles 2 is the final. We also have Alex calling in tonight. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hey, fellas. Hello. Uh, so with with the depth scoring tonight from Clem Clem Clawson and Derek Ryan, then do you think that energizes the team, and then that leads into the bomb pairing with DeHarnay and Kulak? And then my second thing was that multiple times tonight I saw Kulak jump up in the rush. Do you think that Jay Woodcroft is pushing his guys to have more confidence with the puck and without the puck? Uh, well, to answer your first question, it is a huge bonus when your third or fourth line guys score. Hey, there's a thrill on the bench when O'Connor or Leon or Kane or Hyman or those guys score a goal, especially at playoff time, the importance of it. But there's an extra energy on your bench when it's an unexpected guy that scores. It just, it, the LA Kings are doing their best to slow down Connor and Leon and all of a sudden a Costin or a Ryan scores. It's almost worth a goal and a half. As for Kula, Kulik's got good wheels. And... The one thing that we've seen right from the beginning here with uh, with Jay Woodcroft, he wants everyone jumping up in the plane. He won't play. He wants them pushing the pace. The They don't want to play an east-west game. They want to play a north-south game. And you're right. Gulak has jumped up in a couple times. He's dumped the puck in and then tried to go in and forecheck. So that's something that Woodcroft trusts his players to do it at the right times. And he trusts the other players to know when to jump back and play in a defensive position if one of the defensemen has led a rush. Well, Kulak 
We didn't even talk about it after the last game. Uh, he had that chance in overtime. Yes. That was a great, basically a partial breakaway. And I, we, we, I noticed with Kulak, he's not afraid. If he's carrying the puck with speed through the neutral zone and he dumps it in and he doesn't see mm -hmm. a forward going, he'll go. Yep. You know, try to pressure, chip the puck, and then and then circle back. And he did that a couple of times. You know, he plays to his strength, and he also has DRNA, who he knows is a stay-at-home defenseman. So he, he feels a little safer knowing that his deep partner will be back there and uh, giving him a little bit extra to room to, to create offensively. The Oilers want to jump up in the play with their defenseman. They got the forward group that appreciates having a fourth guy jumping in the play. Christina is the winner tonight of Set the Line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line under if McDavid got his first point in the first 30 minutes of the game. Christina took the under, so she gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. One year ago, this guy called in after the Oilers lost game one of the Kings and predicted Edmonton would win the second game 6-0. We chuckled. He was right. He didn't offer a prediction after the game one loss this year, but he does join us this evening. It's JP. JP, go ahead. Hello, Ree. Hello, Rob. How are you guys tonight? Well, I'm much happier now that you're on the phone. Well, I'm much happier talking to you, to be honest. I'll tell you right now. And I'll tell you right now, you must have heard the fact that I was on things in New York today, all day. I told the boss, I'm not going to be myself on the job, and nine-to-five guy, right? But you know what? I, uh, I'm i going to have to start early. So I went to uh, the bar today because BPs uh, were still offering me a birthday uh, hey, uh, free dessert from March. You don't use it till March, uh, May, to May 2nd, then it's going to be obsolete. So I think, well, I'll go and make uh, use of it. But let's get on the brass tongue, if we shall. I'll tell you right now. Tonight was a nice answer. A nice answer, a nice answer. And I feel like Prancer, a part of uh, Santa Claus, on Dancer, on Prancer. I feel like Gourmet, I feel like Cupid, I feel uh, non stupid. I'll tell you right now, I feel like a million dollar. But I'll tell you right now, Friday night. My God, Reed, don't take my call, because I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And I appreciate you, my friend. You have always been a very nice guy, and I love the after hour. And there's more power to be safe. But Friday night, I'm telling you, I'll give you one more place, Sean. And I guarantee this. I guarantee this. 7-1. This is insane. Insane. In Tinkletown, I can't wait for them to go to there. I hope uh, Will Tell, Tom Hay, all these guys are watching. Seven one, guarantee. Connor gets five points. I, I have written this down, JP. That's awesome. Please, man. please do. I mean, come on, please. Right on. Thanks, buddy. Okay, so now, so JP is giving us a game three prediction this year. Seven one Oilers. Friday night in LA. Seriously. Feel less tense for Royal Country. If, if he calls case. this one right after the 6 nothing call last year, uh, he's going to be the, he'll, we'll have him on before every show yeah. giving us predictions. So we know, uh, well, I mean, right now, if, he, if he's right, then we'll relax everyone before next game. It's all over early. You can uh, book plans for an 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock dinner because it's not going to be much of a game. The Oilers are going to win 7 <laughs> 1. That was JP. Always appreciate him. We'll get to more of your calls as we move along here. Back down to the Oilers dressing room. It's the Viking, Matias Ekholm. 
able to pull it out compared to you know, game one where it was a similar scenario. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think um, we've played two really, really good first periods where I don't even know if they had a shot. I mean, halfway through that period, and we were um, obviously scoring goals. We did that in the first game too, but I thought we handled it um, better tonight. Obviously, we'd like to be maybe a little bit better in the second. Um, but then came out and, and really took it in the third. Great shot by Klim, and then, then after that, locked it down pretty good, I thought. I didn't think we gave him um, a whole lot, so good effort from the guys tonight. How do you uh, how did you guys handle that second intermission? Because I know how frustrated you were giving the lead away in the first game, and it happened again. What was sort of the mood in here after two, and how did you come out as steady as you did? I think, it, I think it was a really good mood. I think that's the beauty of the playoffs. It's, it's, the, it's the game of the momentum. It swings, and, and, and when, when we had it in the first, they're trying to come back, they come back. They, that's just, if we had a good period, they had a good period. We got to just 0-0 zero, zero going in a third, and the mentality would just go out and take it. Like, we, we can't sit back here. We, we got to go out trying to um, attack, and, and that was a really good individual performance by, by Klim that, that got us that go-ahead goal and, and, and then was able to lock it down in a really good manner. They had 15 minutes to come back on, on you guys, but what did you guys do in that third period to, you, like you said, lock it down and not give them a, a lot? I, I, I'll be honest, I think the third in, in uh, the game one, too, we, we did a lot of the same thing. We flipped them up, made them go 200 feet the whole time. They didn't really get any sustained offense. It's about when they they get the red and dump it in, it's about breaking out and, and not having them spend too much time in our end. And, and I think we, we did that even better tonight, and, and obviously the result followed. They always talk about uh, playoff teams that go a long ways, having a new hero every night. Uh, tonight, tonight, you know, you get two big goals from depth guys, right? They're Frank and Boston. Uh, is that the recipe, I suppose? Can't be McDavid every night, I suppose. <laughs> I agree. No, that's that's huge. That's um, exactly you're actually exactly right. And and again, it's um, it, it was about going out and taking it. And, and it doesn't really matter in the in the playoffs who does it. It's it's a team game. And, and uh, tonight we we had uh, some some guys just step up for us in a big way. And, and you know how that goes. It's you can't call on the on the big dogs to do it every night. So uh, great to see them step up. And and that's what we need. Okay, that's Matias Ekholm after a 4-2 Oilers victory over the LA Kings in Game 2. Interesting, he was asked about the mood after the, the second period. Well, it, they're a confident team, and they knew that they had played very well through the first 40 minutes. They just had that blip at the end of the period. Uh, the one thing that it, 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 it's actually good for the Oilers right now. They're facing adversity, and they're showing well in it. This is a team, again, they haven't trailed in the series. They had gone, and I, it's been a while now, but it was like three minutes and out of 14 games where they actually were behind in a hockey game. So they haven't had to face a whole lot of adversity. And tonight, after 40 minutes, they, they'd given up the lead. They got a, a fortunate break where a puck hit a post and went out instead of in that could have had them fall behind. And they just went to the dressing room and said, all right, we're, things, we have been good. They, they had their push, but we have been good in the third period to get a, another big goal from a depth player. And you talked before, I think before the series, you asked Jan, John Shannon, you asked me which depth player, which underrated player do you think is going to step up here in the playoffs? And my thought was, I think it's going to be by committee. I don't think anyone's going to be just that guy, and that's what we've had so far. Ryan with a big goal. Costin with a big goal. The Oilers need those players to step up because the LA Kings have done a very good job on Connor McDavid, so there's going to have to be other players that can contribute. And tonight, two 
third or fourth line guys, depending on what Jay Woodcroft wants to call them, step up tonight and score a couple of big goals. 780-496-0063. Christian standing by. Hi, Christian. Go ahead. Hey, Rob. Hey, Chris. Uh, it's good to hear you guys. I listen to you guys all the time. Um, you can call me I Reed. Had, uh, Thanks. Oh, sorry, Reed. Sorry, Reed. <laughs> so I had a couple uh, questions for you guys, and then I had a comment. Um, I could take the questions offline, but uh, my, my comment was, as far as defensemen, uh, we've had a lot of Swedish defensemen. And as far as Ekholm coming in and doing what he does, he's got the smarts and, and hockey sense to play the puck like Clefbaum, but plays just as gritty and hard as Larson without getting these dumb penalties. That's a really good point. He is a combination of Clefbaum and, and, and but he's Larson. the best weed we've ever had defensive wise I, I love him like I, honestly if, if, if we win the cup it's going to be because Holland got him on the orders because I can't even imagine us right now without Ekholm playing with us right now he's our best defenseman he gives nurse time to relax a little bit it's not all on nurse's weight uh, his, sorry his shoulders all the time so it's I think it's even on our, our defensive side and uh, my other two questions was uh, would you guys mind seeing uh, Holloway Holloway instead of Yamamoto for a couple games or just a game no, and that, um, won't, that won't happen is, is Holloway hurt is well, that right no. Holloway at some point yeah but not for Yamamoto they're not taking Yamamoto not, but no. Holloway no that's not gonna happen Holloway could eventually get up here and as soon as their season's over he will be but they're not gonna put okay. Yamamoto out to bring Holloway in okay and this one last question Rob was for you just because you're you're a player um it's, I, I find it hard to believe that there's not a Calder uh, award just for goalies and one just for skaters because, yeah, Skinner almost got 30, well, he got 29 wins, and Beneers is doing awesome for Seattle, but you can't compare the two. Skinner's a goalie behind five guys in front of him, all the weight on him. He's the last guy that the puck goes through. And then, you know, Beneers has got two. NHL players right beside him helping him out along the way. It, to me, it's, it's, it's hands down Skinner Calder. But hey, no, I think there should point. be two awards. Good point. The only problem with two awards is there's going to be years where there's no rookie goaltender. So, some, year, some years so a rookie that, goalie would win by default. Yeah, so that's, he'd, go, he'd go 8 and 12 and with, a, it, with a 900 save percentage but, really well. But what I do believe, and, and you brought it up with the fact that the importance of the position and all that, I do think that it should be weighted in the fact that uh, Skinner is playing goal, which is a much tougher position. To me, I'm, I'm giving Skinner the Calder. I think he is the rookie of the year in the National Hockey League. And that's taking nothing against uh, for, away from Beneers because he's a fantastic yeah, hockey player. But I just think Skinner, the, where he was thrust into play, where he was expected to play the season he had. I mean, he, he broke Grant Fuhr's records. Yeah. Grant Fuhr's in the Hall of Fame. So Skinner, to me, is your rookie of the year. I do have a cousin named Chris. Maybe that's who he was thinking of. And Possibly. I, yeah, I'm going to start calling you Chris from now on. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> 780-496-0063. Oilers have evened the series with a 4-2 win over the Kings. More from the dressing room, more from you after the break. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Arthur Kaliev banged to the ice surface, and now building speed is Dreisaitl. Streaking in, cuts to his left, shoots, and that's by Rebound score, Derek Ryan. Edmonton takes a 1-0 lead. 
Early start, 2.20 into the game. Derek Ryan with his third career playoff goal. Oilers go on to beat the Los Angeles Kings 4-2. The series is tied 1-1. Yeah, uh, the Oilers got what they needed tonight. They got the series back at level ground, and now they try to go and get at least a split in L.A. and grab back home ice advantage. But again, I'm not sure what home ice advantage is in this series because normally when you have home ice advantage, you start to get the matchups on the ice that you want as a coach. Well, both coaches have more or less, they shook hands before game one and said, okay, here's who we're playing against each other. As both teams want the exact same matchups, Kopitar versus Tricidal, McDavid versus Deneau, third line versus third line, fourth line versus four li fourth yeah. line. So, and it's worked out well, just a matter of now beating the guys you're playing against because you're going to be playing against them through four, five, six, or seven games, whatever it takes. You're going to be playing against the same guy each and every night. Yeah, and, the, and I know as we go deeper to the playoffs the regular season means less and less but the only information we have on the Oilers on the road this season is that they set a franchise record for wins in the postseason so I don't think that they are uh, you know you shouldn't feel any extra nerves because they got to play a postseason road game I mean, no, they, they've been fine away from home and it, despite JP's assurances that it's going to be a 7-1 victory if it's not I have a feeling that these games are going to be the exact same as what we saw here in Edmonton. LA is going to try and play a low event hockey game. Uh, and unless they change something in their first periods, they're going to have to come back in the games in LA because right now they've shown nothing in the first 20 minutes that says they want to grab a lead and sit on it because they have had two very, very poor first periods. Okay, back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Ryan standing by. Hi, Ryan, go ahead. Do we have Ryan? Yeah. Okay, we may have uh, an issue with that connection. Hello. We'll, uh, oh, okay, we got you, sir. Go ahead. Okay, maybe not. Let's see if we can uh, reestablish that. We will move on to Tony instead. Tony, go ahead. Hey, boys. How's it going? Good. I have two questions for you guys both. Um, they were saying on TV that the Kings are a well-disciplined team. Are they well-disciplined, or do they just don't cross the line, but they just touch it? And do you guys well, think that, something that is wrong be, with Connor? Well, would that not be well-disciplined, then, if they don't cross the line? Well, like, there's been a few times where, you know, one of us has been tripped or whatever, no call, but yet we do something minor and it gets called. I think, the, uh, I think the refing's been fine in this series. I think it has. The, the LA Kings are scared to death of the Edmonton Oilers power play, as everyone in the National Hockey League should be. So they. And do you guys think something's wrong with McDavid? Nope. He doesn't look like himself. I think I, I, I think the LA Kings are doing a really good job against him. I think Connor McDavid, uh, he hasn't had the breakout game that we're used to seeing, and most part of it is the the, the bounces or the breaks haven't gone in from game one. He could have had two or three points easily. Uh, but I think LA's done an excellent job against them. Uh, and I don't know if they're able to do that for five, six, or seven games. But so far, they've done a, a nice job. And I think that's the good thing about the Oilers is they got a split out of this. And Connor McDavid, their best player, just has one point in two games. So I imagine Connor McDavid's point total will start to get bigger and bigger as the series moves on. Yeah, I mean, he's still getting chances. Six yep. shots on goal. He had the, the one shot... I believe uh, now the games are already blending together. But Corpusella made that blocker save that on was one a, shot. It was the yeah. backhand. He, he oh, kind the of, backhand early in the third. And yeah. that one, he kind of bobbled it and still found enough to get it. Like, 
it, it looked like it was a nothing save until you watched the replay. And like, oh my. I mean, that was a great save as Connor McDavid put it where he wanted to. And I think McDavid, uh, I think there's nothing wrong with Connor McDavid. I think Philip Deneau has a little bit to do with Connor's uh, yeah, production so far. He's a very good hockey Well, and he's uh, <laughs> talking about gamesmanship. When the Kings iced it with 48 seconds left, you see he, went, he just went to the bench and sat down. And then, they, you know, you got to – I don't know if you know, Drysdale was actually kind of grabbed his stick at one point and to tried pull him to out. pull him out, <laughs> and then he just went on the bench. You know, so, you know, saving a little six, seven seconds extra, a little rest before the faceoff. It was funny. I checked because I noted it the last game. The Kings iced the, down a goal. The Kings iced the puck with 48.5 seconds left in the third. Tonight it was 48.1. <laughs> Well, so I, was, I was thinking I think, like, oh no, I hope it doesn't happen again. I agree. I was thinking the same thing, but on the one tonight, like it was that was just a poor play. Is the Kings actually had f total control of the puck with numbers, and they just tried an ill-advised pass, and that cost them an opportunity for a little more ice time in the offensive zone and forced the faceoff back in their own. Okay, I think we have Ryan back. Hey, Ryan, let's try this again, man. Thanks for calling back. Hey, thanks, Ray. No, I'm just going to, the quick comment will be, uh, I thought we played really well tonight. I, I thought that we were a little bit more disciplined, obviously. But um, moreover, I think that we were better in getting the puck out. And that's a big key is just chipping that puck out and making sure that when we got the lead, because we've had the lead series, that we chip that puck out and uh, get it out. And everyone seemed the, and the team to be committed to that. So just your comment on that thanks well yeah that's classic playoff hockey isn't it you know you see defensemen especially in that last 10 minutes no if it wasn't a 100 percent pass the the flippy i used to call it a lot <laughs> a few years ago just lobbed that out forwards just okay if you can nudge it out i mean nuge had that one the guy was going to rim it he just turned sideways mm -hmm. <laughs> blocked well, it the puck went out to center don't you think vinnie dernay would like one of his plays back tonight where instead of trying to carry it up to center he would have liked to have just flipped it out and got it out of trouble yep. as Trevor Moore comes lift his stick and they go back in the other way uh, and, and score a goal uh, get yourself into trouble and uh, it, it is not a it's not pretty but getting the puck off the glass and out or flipping it 100 feet in the air getting it over the Los Angeles Kings defensemen and forcing them all to come out into the neutral zone and have to start all over. You don't always have to make a play. Uh, get yourself in a position to uh, refresh yourselves, get the guys back in the po proper positioning defensively, and then restart. Sometimes the Oilers have gotten themselves in trouble in the past where they try to create something that isn't there, and then there's a turnover. Yep. So the Oilers have played very smart hockey. Again, they've been, it's two games in. They've yet to trail in a hockey game. So they are playing pretty good hockey. 4-2, the Oilers win it. The winning goaltender tonight, Stuart Skinner. How did that one feel to pull it out like that? Yeah, um, feels good, obviously, being able to tie up the series. Um, big game. Uh, I thought everyone collectively just played a great game for the whole 60 minutes, um, which is huge, and we're going to have to bring that to game three. Did you feel it was just a, almost a mirror image of game number one, almost up to the second period? Yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it felt, felt kind of the same. 
kind of the same feelings, but uh, you know, it's how you bounce back from that, and we were able to get the lead. Uh, I mean, Clint made an un unbelievable shot, um, and uh, then we just had to battle to keep that lead, and you guys did a great job of doing that. How was it for you, uh, for you specifically after the second period? Because I know it's kind of one of those moments where it's you know, the lead gets away again. Yeah. How did you sort of steady yourself? How did you approach that intermittent? Uh, I mean, it's happened to us a lot this uh, this year. Uh, a lot. I mean, you always get moments where you go into the third period tied or down one or uh, up one. Um, and I think just being able to have that experience. I mean, we we've played in games like that before. We played in a game like that uh, just the other day. So, um, you know, as a team, we uh, we have the leaders and just everybody in here. We know how to you know bounce back from that. Stu, the first 18 minutes of the shot. Uh, how is it as a goalie going that long? I don't know if you've ever gone that long. <laughs> Shot. What's going through your mind? Yeah. Um, I mean, no matter how long it takes for me to get that shot, it's my job to make that save. And, um, you know, I'm going to do my best no matter what the score clock yeah. says or uh, anything like that. I have, I have my job, and I'm going to do my best to, to keep the puck out of the net. On the second goal, um, it kind of banks it off your skate. Yeah. Um, do you want your skate against the post there? I'm not going, is it, or is that just a smart play by you? Uh, I think it was... Uh, not to take it away from him, uh, he made a great play, but um, it was a little bit of a lucky bounce, I would say. But um, at the same time, uh, he got me to bite on his forehand, went back to the backhand, and I didn't have a lot of time to put my toe bridge on the post. Um, but either way, um, I got to put my foot down, uh, kind of get the blade a little bit farther down, and then hopefully that prevents the, the goal. And um, I'm happy that he did it because now I know what to do. You didn't have much chance to catch your breath because all of a sudden you could break one of his Seven seconds to go with the period two. Recollect, collect yourself up because that goal of a sudden you're breaking down. I think, uh, I think, again, like it's it's happened before to me, so I know uh, I know how to face that, and I know how to bounce back from a goal against. I've let in a lot of goals in the past, um, in my whole in my whole life, so um, I've had a lot of practice on how to you know refocus. Um, how do you stay? Jason asked about no shots. Like it's you know, replaying in your head. Like normally you get feel the puck. Yeah. You didn't even feel the puck. Every now and then it was a scramble. You put your hand on it. It was basal. Yeah. You didn't really feel the puck. Did yeah. You dump it in. You weren't having to handle it. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge props to the guy, to the guys in front of me, right? And how they're doing their job. I mean, they they did have time in the zone, and the fact that they weren't able to get a shot for a while. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, that's blocked shots. That's guys battling in the corners, battling on uh, in the net front. Um, you know, they made my job very easy for those you know first 18 minutes and. Um, it's my job to always stay ready, so if that's me having to move a little bit, having to get the legs going, or uh, taking a couple deep breaths, whatever it, uh, whatever I need to do to stay ready for that for that shot, I'll, you know, I, I know what to do. That's Stuart Skinner. He stops 23 out of 25. Corpusalo stops 33 out of 36. The empty net once again fails to make a save. Yeah, the empty net's struggling this year. Awful season. Yes, I, I like that uh, where Skinner says, I've let enough goals in my life to realize how to re rebound or bounce back after one. That's kind of funny and good on him. Again, this is a, a rookie who's now got two NHL playoff games under his belt, and it doesn't seem to phase him. Again, he, two goals very late in the second period. You, it would really 
bother a lot of players, a lot of goaltenders, veteran goaltenders, but for him, didn't seem to phase him at all. Came out and had a solid third period and got the Edmonton Oilers a, a big victory in game two. 4-2 the final. We'll go to Spencer on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Spencer. How's it going tonight? Quite well. Right on. Uh, just a couple points here. You guys were touching on how uh, LA's had some poor starts here early on in games. To be honest with you, in my opinion, I just think the oil completely dictate um, the play. And I think, you know, no matter what L.A. brings, it, it completely matters on what the Oilers are bringing to start games. They're the better team in this series. They've shown that through uh, two games here, even though losing game one. When they're on, they're playing. And I think the only thing that really turns the tide on them is penalties and bad penalties by veteran players in the Ozone. So I think it really doesn't matter what the other team brings. I think it's completely indicative on the Oilers' starts and how they play. I think they control the game here. Yeah, I think you're 100% yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you're, and you're right also about the veteran players taking some silly penalties. It's not, <laughs> it's not young players, rookie players making the mistakes. It's veteran guys that know better. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. I mean, it's two teams out there, right? So I'll use another Todd McClellan. Well, Woody said it too. Sometimes the other team gets in the way. Well, are the Kings starting poorly? Oh, maybe, but the Oilers are getting in the way a lot. And yeah. again, we saw we saw it again, and it happened a lot in the first period last game. Kings not clearing the puck, mm -hmm. and so okay, that's that's two things. The you want, the, you know, the Kings are saying, well, we're we're in possession, we got to get it out, and the Oilers are saying, no, we're we're pressuring them, we're not letting them get the the passes to where they want to go. And one of the other things that the Oilers are doing in the first period, and it's funny, I saw it happen in both games, they're rolling four lines. And yeah. there's a couple times where they've had an offensive face-off. They, they'd have two lines have gone, then they get an offensive face-off, and you think, oh, maybe they're going to throw Connor back out here because it's in the offensive zone. Nope. It's the third line. We're going to get their feet in there. And then they're, we need our fourth line to get out there. Got to get their legs going as well. So they've been rolling four lines in the first period. And then the pressure, just constant pressure on, on the L.A. Kings. And the L.A. Kings haven't been able to combat it thus far. And the Oilers are getting uh, the reward is, as well. Both games, they've got 2 nothing leads. That's huge. You don't want to have a period like they did tonight and come out of it tied 0-0 because the Kings have gotten better as the game's gone on. But the first period has been totally in the Oilers' favor through two games. Dreisaitl, three points. Costin, the game winner. You will hear from both of them when we get back. 4-2 win for Edmonton. It's Heartland 4. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Overtime open. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Here's a steal by Costin in the neutral zone. Rishot score! Beat Corpusalo low glove and Cleve Costin, who has delivered effective minutes whenever called upon, has regained the lead for Edmonton. That turned out to be the game winner. 2.20 into the third period. Kleem Costin firing away. Evander Kane adds an empty netter with 22.3 seconds left. Oilers beat the Kings 4-2. The best of seven is tied 
1-1. Leon Dreisaitl and Clem Costin at the podium. After 40 minutes when you guys were in the locker room, just kind of what the, the tone and the temperament was, because it had to be a little frustrating to have given another one away like that. What did you guys say and how did you handle it? Uh, yeah, there's a little frustration, of course, but um, you know, there, there's no time to dwell on, on uh, situations or momentum swings like that. They're going to happen. We know that. They happened last year. Uh, we went through it, but uh, I thought we handled it really well. Uh, played a really solid third period and uh, deserved the win. Clem, just a, a thought about all of this, what you're seeing here with the fans, and how good it felt when you saw that goal go in. It's just insane. I have nothing to say. Just, uh, it's hard to explain. It's really special to play here, to uh, play in front of the, those guys, the fans. Just insane. Leon, with um, Jan Marko prepared, were you preparing today to play as many minutes as you did tonight? I don't even know how many minutes I played, to be honest. But um, 19 and some. Even uh, strength, I should say. Even strength. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, we, we're going to miss Yanni for a little, little bit here. He's a really, really valuable, uh, underrated player on our team um, that plays a lot of... Um, important minutes and important situations for us so we're going to miss him first of all but um you know i think every single guy in our dressing room is ready for whatever ice time he's going to get and he's going to um you know do it do it the right way and, and do it with pride over here just your first playoff goal was a massive goal can you just talk us through what you saw on that play and how it ended up in the back of the net First of all, I was just like looking for Leo actually. I was just trying to give the puck in his hands. I trust him more than myself. But I just like, I saw like three guys around me and I have nothing to do. I just like shoot the puck and then went in. Leon, uh, you, Clem, and, and Derek uh, combined for two big goals tonight, obviously with the 11 fours. You guys have played with a lot of different guys, but you, as a trio, I don't think you played a ton together in the regular season. Why did it work so well tonight for the three of you? Um, I think we took uh, advantage of a couple situations. Um, you know, they're two really good hockey players. Um, they're going to make it easy. Um, so... Yeah, I think we, we, we clicked and we connected on a couple goals. Um, some really good plays by, by those two, so uh, that was fun. They talked about, you know, you guys didn't give up a shot for the first 18 minutes. It's, it's hard to have a better start than that. You're leading. In, when the second period dipped, what was said during the second intermission to ensure that frustration and or disappointment didn't set in? Well, you just try to, um, you're just trying to, understand that this is going to happen right we, we, we don't want it to happen every game but these situations happen in playoffs uh, the momentum swings seem to be a lot bigger a lot more dramatic and up and down than, than in regular season so um, again you know there's it's fine it happens uh, you know you, you're gonna you're gonna give up some goals give up some chances but uh, you know get back out there and, and, and get back on our game get back to our game and, and do it the right way Leon, I, I know you started the playoffs last year healthy, but can you describe maybe how uh, how much better you feel now that you're healthy compared to the end of or the back half of the playoffs last year? <laughs> yeah, I feel a lot better, um, especially my leg. Um, but yeah, it's uh, 
it's nice nice to feel this way. Um, you know, we, we got a tough couple games coming up here, but um, I'm feeling good and feeling healthy, and uh, knock on wood, hopefully it stays that way. Obviously, when you did get hurt, you had to go over to the wing. You know, uh, do you feel like you're able to kind of do more? I know you obviously had a good playoff last year, but do you feel like you're able to kind of do more in other facets when you're playing center to help this team? Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a different game. I was a little limited uh, last season uh, in the playoffs, obviously, after the injury. So um, had to maneuver around that a little bit. But um, again, I, I feel good. I feel strong right now. And um, whether it's on the wing or at center, um, I can't play D. But um, it, it, it really doesn't matter to me. I, I pride myself in being able to play in, in every situation. Claim. There's so many nights in the season when Leon or Connor McDavid leads the team, makes all the goals. Is it nice to see a game like this, a very important game where the depth players, where you score, where Ryan scores, where the guys that, that do a lot of damage are coming from the bottom lines? Yeah, like kind of like sometimes when the game goes not the way our top players won, so we gotta like step up and help them. But it's obviously their job to score goals. So, Leon, every good team that we've ever covered that you know went a few rounds, they talk about getting a new hero every night, and it basically means that the same guys aren't going to win it for you all the time. Uh, is this a sign of a team that's that's got something going when you're getting big goals from all these teams? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you need that. You know, you 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 are not going to win 16 games by your top two lines scoring every goal and doing everything. You you need you need guys like Klimmer. You need guys like Derek Ryan that are going to chip in every once in a while. Um, and I think all year we've been really really lucky at finding those guys and having those guys on our team. So. Um, yeah, great, great job by Klimmer, Rhino, um, you know, everyone, everyone around. I think there might be some happy people out there. <laughs> that is Clem Costin, the game winner. Leon Drysettle, three points, a goal, and two assists. Derek Ryan and Evander Kane also score for the Oilers. They win 4-2. The series is even 1-1. It means there's going to be a game five back here in Edmonton on Monday. First, Friday night. Our game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers, 6 o'clock for the face-off show, game at 8, game 3 of this series. Oilers now coming up at noon later today, and I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8 p.m. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30 Chet. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 6.30Chet.com or globalnews.ca. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been live in Studio 99. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers win it 4-2.